Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. This is our Easter special, and I have uh, Garrett is our special guest today because Pastor Brett oh, unfortunately yeah. wasn't able to be here. Um, so we called in the backup point guard and uh, have Garrett with us. So John Knapp, he's you've been on the dunk. roster the whole time in the starting five. So um, we've got you. John Knapp it's and the Garrett six here. Man, the six-man award over here. Six-man award. Um, <laughs> so what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about Easter and what it is and why we celebrate it. Why, why we celebrate it and the way we celebrate it. So I'm going to ask these guys some ask, – ask, ask these guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask them some questions about Easter, and uh, we're going to talk about it, discuss it. Um, hopefully this will be informative to some people, uh, maybe if they've got some questions about why Easter, we celebrate Good Easter. Friday. Any of that stuff. We're going to talk about Good Friday and, uh, and that kind of stuff. So um, let's just start with Good Friday since Friday does come before Easter Sunday. Uh, so we know that Easter is one of the most attended weekends of the year, but mm-hmm. maybe there's some people that don't know about the Good Friday, first of all, the Good Friday service, or what Good Friday is, why we even have a service on Good Friday. So let's just mm-hmm. start with that, uh, share about what it is and why we celebrate it. Good Friday, Garrett. Why is it so good? Well, um, it's the day that we celebrate that uh, Jesus Christ was uh, crucified for us. Yeah. And and that's the, the, the day, the Friday before Easter is when he was crucified. And so... Um, it's good for us because he, he died for us and that's what we're remembering. That's what we're celebrating. And, um, it's called good, um, because there's traditionally, you know, the, the word good, uh, could have been used differently, uh, back in the day. It could also be, uh, used as considered holy. Like mm-hmm. it was a holy, a holy day. So holy Friday. And so that's, uh, one tradition of, of why, you know, it was called good Friday. It was just a holy day. Another holiday that Christians celebrate mm. as a as a holy yeah season. My my daughter, she's nine years old and she says Good Friday is was sad for Jesus but good for us. Oh, um yeah. and the idea being though that like there is good that comes out of it. You know, God works all things for the good, even the death of his own son. You know, he works mm. for the good of those who love him, like we learn in Romans eight. You know, holy holy Friday is another way that you could you know, translate Good Friday, mm-hmm. you're going to find the account of, you know, Jesus' crucifixion in, you know, the Gospels, but you can look at, at Matthew 26, 27, kind of the betrayal, the arrest, you know, the crucifixion. It just was, you know, um, it happened so fast, but uh, Friday is the day that, you know, we remember what Christ did for us on the cross. I mean, it was the love of God you know, um, displayed through Jesus as he was nailed to the cross for our sins. Mm -hmm. And so, um, his, his payment was good for all mankind. Right. Now we do have our Good Friday service. Um, this, we're, we're recording this on Thursday, the day before Good Friday. So this'll uh, be up on Good Friday morning. So if you're listening to this, we do have our service tonight at 7 PM. Um, and if you've never been to a Good Friday service, it is a much more somber feel. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about why it's more of a somber feel. Obviously, we uh, we just talked about the fact that uh, Good Friday is the day that Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also celebrating what that means. So why is it more of a somber feel on Good Friday? I think we're just uh, reflecting on the suffering that Christ yeah. went through for us. And, you know, that really, you know, that weight uh, needs to be kind of on us and on our mind to, to really understand what Christ has done for us. And like John was saying, it's not just, uh, the Good Friday is not just um, the time that Christ was crucified. The whole trial and 
uh, arrest of Jesus, you know, happened all within, you know, Friday morning, you know, starting early at 12 a, you know, 12 a.m., all the way to um, his uh, crucifixion, which was, you know, they think around uh, noon that that took place, 11 a.m. Or, or, or noon, he was up on the cross. Mm-hmm. And so within that whole, you know, morning, and that's when all of this took place. He was betrayed. Judas brought the so- soldiers and uh, the Sanhedrin. He went before the Sanhedrin and before Herod and Pilate. And so, um, and then sub- specifically we're remembering how, you know, the uh, suffering he went through, he was he was beaten, he was flogged, he uh, was pu- uh, a crown of thorns was put on his head, he was mocked, he had to carry his uh, own cross up to uh, the hill where he was going to be crucified, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so just the agony and the uh, the nails suffering. through the hands, yeah, and then yeah, being nailed to the cross, hand uh, nails through his hands, through his feet. And, of course, the suffering he experienced on the cross, going through that excruciating pain, mm-hmm. um, and ultimately, yeah, being forsaken by God himself. Right. Yeah, I mean, when I think about, you know, um, the death of any person in a, you know, a person's life, I mean, it's not something that everyone is excited about right, yeah. or, you know, I mean, you're now, um, you know, at a place where this person is no longer among you. And, and so there is this feeling of loss, you know, in a sense where, you know, I could, I could only imagine what it was like for the disciples to mm-hmm. see all of that mm-hmm. unfold before them, their, their master, and Mary. you know, and Mary, absolutely. I mean, you know, the women in his mm-hmm. life, you know, Jesus life between his mom and, and others, there was good Friday was gut wrenching for them. And in the same sense, we have to recognize that, it is our sin that is nailing Jesus to the cross. Mm-hmm. The only reason why Jesus is going to the cross and obeying the Father is because of our sin. And so when we can come into a place and, and remember Good Friday in that regard, we, we take on this overwhelming sense of, wow, God really loves me, and he went to the length to demonstrate his love that even while we were sinners— Christ died for us. And mm-hmm. I think approaching that with a reverence, you know, and with a, with the respect is a big part of you just kind of really understanding the wholeness of what Jesus did for right. you. Well, let's talk about that a little bit more because when we say that, um, you know, we're celebrating Good Friday, again, it is a much more somber feel because we want to, we need to feel the weight of what that was, right? And obviously yeah. we can't fully feel that weight because we weren't, first of all, we weren't there. Mm-hmm. Second of all, we are not the ones who were tortured and beaten and, and killed, right? Jesus did that for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about what the death on the cross means. Why did he do it? Why did God send his son uh, to to be tortured and, and killed like that? I mean, ultimately it was to make a way so that we could have a right relationship with God. You know, our sin is what separates us from God. And every person on the planet, you know, has sin in our lives that, if not um, forgiven by Christ, is going to be, you know, um, judged, you know, and uh, will be condemned. And, you know, when we uh, come to the message of the cross, like we should every single week, it's this idea of substitution. You know, Mm -hmm. the cross is so significant because Jesus Christ was your substitute, that that was your cross. That was, that was my cross. That was, that was all of our own. We, we deserved that death, that Jesus died, and he took it on, him, on himself to um, be the perfect, spotless sacrifice mm-hmm. that, um, 
ultimately when Jesus is resurrected from the dead is a way of recognizing that the sacrifice that Christ made was pleasing and was accepted in God's sight. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it is, it's just, it's paramount. It's, it's, it's so important for the Christian to understand that substitution that there's nothing yeah. you could ever do. Yeah. And it just shows again, God's judgment and his uh, seriousness that he has, that he takes uh, for sin and his justice um, that it would take, you know, his, his perfect son to, to make a way for us. That's how serious, uh, you know, sin is and, and God's uh, judgment in that. And so we see um, Jesus as this, uh, this perfect sacrifice that the Old Testament foreshadowed, you know, through the Old Testament, you know, they had to sacrifice uh, animals uh, for forgiveness of sins. And, and so, yeah, Scripture says the wages of sin is death. And so death ultimately has to come to come to Jesus, um, and without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin, uh, Old, Old Testament scripture. And so Jesus is the, the perfect lamb, the sacrifice mm-hmm. uh, to take away the sins of the world. Mm-hmm. A great verse, if you wanted to kind of look at it, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, he says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's that substitute. That's that great exchange of our sin being exchanged mm-hmm. for Christ's righteousness on the cross. That is that is the transaction that's happening mm-hmm. in that moment. And it's it's so significant when we understand that we we get it. And it's nothing we've done on our own accord. You know, it is simply a gift that God has given the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Right. Yeah. Um talking about with Good Friday, um, you know, just knowing that Jesus was going through his ministry uh, for three, three and a half years or so, um, did he know he was going to die? Did he know how this was going to end? Was he aware of that the whole time? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was, uh, of course, the original uh, plan. Ultimately, from the beginning, Jesus being God with the Father, knowing the plan, you know, past, present, and future, you know, he knew that this would come. Um, you know, I, I think there is maybe some limited knowledge that Jesus had as a person as, as far as maybe, you know, exactly when the timing would happen. But I think it would, uh, God the Father revealed it to him as he got closer and closer to that date. And, and I think he knew that he was going to be crucified as a criminal because that was the, the main practice of the day by the, the, the Romans. And, and that was uh, their practice, and, and, and he was going to that. Also, Scripture says that uh, he would be pierced by his, in his hands and in his feet, and, and that's a reference to uh, the, the, the Romans doing crucifixion. And so Jesus knew that Old Testament prophecy. Mm-hmm. He was going to fulfill that. Um, also, uh, Paul writes in Galatians that Jesus became a curse for us. And in the uh, Old Testament, in Deuteronomy, sa- says, you know, uh, cursed it. Uh, the criminal, the, the the death penalty basically is mm-hmm. is someone to, to die on a tree, to be hung um, on a tree, and so that's a reference to uh, to maybe the the crucifixion. So I think Jesus, of course, knew that this was the plan ultimately, and and then in his human flesh, it was revealed to him mm-hmm. fully as he got closer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at uh, the book of Mark and. Um, you have that uh, time when Jesus is telling his disciples that, you know, he's, his purpose of coming here and, you know, he began to teach them, like it says here, that yeah. uh, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed 
and after three days rise again. So he did foretell his his death and his resurrection, and this is the point in time where Peter pulls him aside and says, never, Lord, you know, and right. Jesus basically says, like, don't get in the way of the will of the Father. Like, get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. He rebukes him. And so, uh, yeah, Jesus, Jesus foretold, you know, his disciples. He told them what to expect, and yet it was still a very difficult thing for them to experience. Right. Yeah, um, let's talk about this uh, This from the from Scripture where Jesus says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. Uh, why does he say that? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think it's it's kind of a, a natural question. I think when we put it in kind of our perspective, when, when we feel like maybe we have uh, maybe gotten a raw deal of things or, or we question God or, or, or kind of question God's fairness— um, we really don't have a right to do that because, uh, you know, we can't question God on anything. But knowing that Jesus was perfect, was innocent, he, you know, fulfilled the law perfectly, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's a sense of, of him crying out to God, you know, God, why are, are you forsaking me? Why are you treating me like a, uh, a criminal? You know, which, uh, of course, or, or uh, that he was supposed to be treated that way. But it's a, it's, I think it's just a reference to... Um, to him and his humanity, uh, just kind of crying out to God, uh, feeling uh, rejected, forsaken by God, um, and so there's some, there's some of that in there. And he's also referencing uh, Psalm 22, where you know he's he's referencing uh, yeah the the prophecies of, of how the, he would uh, suffer and die as well. Yeah, so, um, reference to the Messiah. There's a couple different ways of thinking about this, as I kind of prepared for this question, you know, um, you know, the fact that evil men were able to do this, you know, to, to take it upon themselves and mm-hmm. in their own power, you know, have the ability to, you know, strike Jesus, mm-hmm. to nail him to the cross for, for them to be able to have their way in a sense with the son of God, you know, um, that weight there, um, you know, also the, the idea of, you know, the weight of the sin of the world, past, present, and future, really going on to, on to, to Jesus, you know, suffering um, that weight. You know, he was suffering the agony, I think, of a te- temporary separation um, mm-hmm. from the Father due to the sin that he was bearing mm-hmm. for the sin of the world. You know, God is holy. He cannot, you know, have sin in his presence. And so Jesus literally becomes the sin of the world for us. And in that in that separation, um, you know that sacrifice. You know it's 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 God's it's the Father's presence that is no no longer, you know, there. And so that's a huge thing. You know, um, I'd encourage the listeners to to read through uh, Psalm twenty two, like like Garrett was saying. You know, it's a great it's a great passage to go and and read in light of this moment where Jesus before he he breathes his last breath on the cross says you know these words right um so we garrett you already talked about there being uh this being the death for a criminal and how criminals were going to be hung on a tree uh we do know there's three crosses there Uh, jesus has two people on either side one on either side of him um that were both criminals they're both thieves uh so why are there why are there three crosses why is jesus seen as a criminal to Mm. be put on a cross with these two other thieves Ugh, mm. I don't even want to call Jesus a criminal. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, but that's like the 
the idea, if you go to, I think it's Luke chapter, I'm looking at my notes here, Luke chapter 23 here, um, you know, it basically, Jesus is before Pontius Pilate, you know, he's the Roman governor, um, at that time, you know, Israel was occupied by Rome, and so uh, Rome sent governors to make sure that the people that they had conquered were kind of in, in line, you know. With Caesar. With Caesar, right. And so um, so everything kind of had to go through Pontius Pilate, and he was on trial to be, you know, crucified. And so the people wanted Jesus dead, the, the people being, you know, the chief priests, the— um, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the people who did not want to accept that Jesus was the Son of God, that the things he was saying, the things he was teaching, the miracles that he was performing, all of these things, they flew in the face of these folks that says, there's no way you can be the Messiah. And it's blasphemy that you would you would call out yourself to be the son of God. And that is a crime against God. Mm-hmm. And so in a sense, the the chief priests and the and the Pharisees and the people who didn't want to accept that saw Jesus as a as a criminal against their faith. That, that Jesus was, you know, disrespecting, you know, the the fathers of the faith with Moses and with Abraham and with David, you know, all these different things. And how dare you say that you can, you know, forgive sin? And so they wanted Jesus dead because they wanted him to stop saying these things. They didn't want to accept him. And so, uh, yeah, we do, we do see that Jesus um, is you know, hung on a cross with two other criminals. And there's that amazing, famous statement where Pontius Pilate says, I find no guilt in him at all. And, but they still wanted Jesus dead so bad. Peer pressure. And he gives into peer pressure and he, he gives them what they want for fear, you know, that, you know, he might get in trouble with the Caesar. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's, um, it's a, it's a, it, the fact that there's three, you know, three's a, yeah biblical number that's kind of cool too you know i think it just shows you know the reality of the day you know the history of what was going on too and uh just to, to lump jesus in with uh, the criminal criminals you know he wasn't necessarily one special you know he he was uh crucified with with these other criminals and and you know so they just kind of lumped him together because they were you know probably already scheduled to go through that mm-hmm. crucifixion and then mm-hmm. so and as just a as historical these, fact, so. as the two men are hanging on the cross um, on either side of Jesus, we we know that one of them, Jesus says, "Today you'll be with me in paradise." Mm-hmm. So, uh, what do we know about that? I know I'm throwing that at you from without the notes, yeah. but well, one of them scoffs. So one of the criminals yeah. scoffs at Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them, you know, says, "Remember me." And this is today you'll you'll be with me in paradise. I I think that is a. Um, a teaching that we can recognize that it's never too late for anybody to place their faith in Jesus Christ, you know, and, and ultimately it's a gift that, that Jesus gives us. Um, and it's nothing we could earn. I mean, this guy's on a cross and there's nothing he could literally do. He can do no more good in the world, so to speak, right? He's hanging on the cross. He's about to die. And yet Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. I think we can take that to the bank and say, he's going to heaven. Jesus says you're going to be in paradise. There, there's no confusion about it. I think that, you know, we can then use this, like I said earlier, that there is a way in which we can recognize that the moment of salvation is not expired until we breathe our last breath. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's encouraging for any person listening right now, mm-hmm. for maybe a loved one who's yet to, you know, confess Jesus as Lord. You know, this means that people on their deathbed, you right. know, people who are moments away from, you know, their last breath can um, come to Jesus. And it would be literally... God's desires that no one would perish, 
you know, even the criminal on the cross who doesn't deserve it. Right. Doesn't you know. earn it. There's nothing that we can do to earn our salvation. And the, I mean, the parable of the laborers, that's the, it's mm. kind of the point of it, right? The wor- You've yeah, got the people that are, vineyard. the workers coming up at, you know, early on in the day and ones that show up at the end of the yeah. day, they're going to get paid, paid the, the same, same. wages, mm-hmm. um, which seems unfair. But uh, when you put it in this context, you, I mean, for uh, my myself, my grandfather was uh, very old when he be, he became a Christian. I shouldn't say very old, very close to death. Um, mm-hmm. He died fairly young, but he was very close to death when he became a Christian. And um, the the hope and I mean, we we know that he's in heaven because we we my dad sat with him and he accepted Christ. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter that he yeah. lived the first you know fifty two years of his life, um, you know, avoiding it and not wanting anything to do with it. When he yeah. you know at the end of his life, he gave his life to Christ, and we know that we're that he's in heaven and. Uh, I was I was going to say we know we're going to see him again in heaven, and we had this whole heaven <laughs> and hell questions that we've been yeah, talking about right? lately, and we talked about are you going to be w- reunited with your family in heaven? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about uh, let's let's move a little further on into the the um, the crucifixion here. Where was Jesus buried? In that, a garden tomb, a garden. pretty close yeah. to where he was uh, crucified. You know, not far from uh, where. You know, Calvary, that's what it's called, where he was crucified mm-hmm. in uh, in a tomb of uh, Joseph Arimathea. Um, mm-hmm. It was his tomb. And and why, uh, why was it Joseph's mm-hmm. tomb? Is there significance to that that we should know? Well, to fulfill the scriptures, it would be that he, in Isaiah 53, would be that he was put into a borrowed tomb. You know, it wasn't his own. And uh you, you can read in Isaiah 53 that there's this sense that, you know, it's one of the many, many uh, fulfillments of prophecy that really show that Jesus is who he says he is, you know. Um, a borrowed tomb, Joseph Arimathea, in the garden, you know, we, we know that, you know. So, yeah, give us a picture of that tomb, John. Oh, yeah, John, uh, you've been, been there. there you know? Here it, it has, too. It, oh, you've been there, it's too? Actually, I have well, not. It's kind of just a, a hole dug in, you know, the, kind of a side like of a, a mountain, kind of a cave, so it's not a... A uh, grave, in the sense of you know what we think. Uh, Wait, so is yeah. it is it for sure the tomb, or is this like one of those like they think we think it is, this but is what it was? They think it is. There's no yeah. uh, for sure that sure. this is his actual tomb, but right. it's the. It's what was that tomb. feeling like? It's some. It's pretty. It's pretty surreal, you know, to be s- sitting. I mean, you're in a garden. I mean, there's a garden around you. There's flowers. There's even a little um, like off to the side. There's like a wine press, you know. And scripture does tell us that you know Joseph of Arimathea. He he was. He had vines, you know, and, you know, he was wealthy. And so only really the wealthy during this time could have that kind of land and that kind of resources. Um, you know, you you know that it's right outside the city walls of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's uh, a little rivet where it was most likely where they had a big stone that would roll, um, yeah. you know, along the rails to kind of close off the tomb. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so it's and there's multiple people, you know, buried within, you know, these yeah. these tombs, and but this it was a new tomb, tomb, and Jesus was the first one uh, buried in this specific one, and so no one else was in there. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So let's go now to uh, to Easter because we know that he wasn't in that tomb for very long. Um, so he died three days later. He rose, yeah. uh, which is what we're celebrating celebrating on Easter Sunday. So what's the significance now of the resurrection? We know the significance of the crucifixion and what Christ was paying for on the cross. But what about the resurrection? What does that signify? Mm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things. I mean, it gives uh, full authority to who Jesus was and claimed to be. 
Um, and so the res- resurrection, you know, authenticates basically his whole message. Jesus claimed to be God and, and him, you know, rising from the dead, you know, proves that. And, and so basically it authenticates, you know, all of Scripture, too. If, if without the resurrection, we wouldn't have uh, the Christian faith um, and, and Scripture would be meaningless to us. And so that's, you know, foundational of, of the resurrection is it's key to the Christian faith. Yeah. You go to First um, Corinthians chapter 15, and Paul gives his full-on, like, explanation of the purpose and the reason for uh, the resurrection of Christ and, and what that means. And if you go to verse 14, it says, And if Christ had not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. Um, we are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. And it goes on to say that the fact is Christ has been raised from the dead. And then he goes into all of the glorious riches that we now receive in Christ. Um, and so it's, it's, a uh, it's, it's, it's multiple. It's multiple layered of, you know, the importance of the resurrection. I mean, it, it is, you know, again, the center point of the, the Christian faith. You know, the resurrection means everything. Mm-hmm. Without mm-hmm. it, I mean, we have no Savior. We have no forgiveness of sin. We have no, you know, um, sacrifice that was then accepted by God, you know, to take away the sins of the world. And so the resurrection is demonstration of, of God's power. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a point in time where we can say, you know, that, uh, that God demonstrated his, his, his power through the Holy Spirit to resurrect Jesus Christ from the dead. And what that means for Jesus is the same for the believer that spiritually speaking, we are resurrected from spiritual death and we now walk in newness of life. Just death like has been defeated. Death has been defeated. And yeah, that's a picture of baptism, which we're going to be doing also. Yeah. That's, on Easter. Yeah. We've got what 16 people or so, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. yeah, death to life raised. Um, let's, I'm curious about this too, just what you guys both have to say is where the three days while Christ was in the tomb, um, where was he, where, where was his, was he in heaven? Was he, where was Christ during the three days he was dead? Well, his, his body was in the tomb, but yeah, his, his spirit was, uh, elsewhere. I mean, there's some references in scripture on what that, that could have been, um, you know, preaching to, uh, the fallen angels or those imprisoned, um, you know, declaring again his authority over over all people. Uh, another reference that you know he went to uh, release the captives, and the captives being you know maybe Old Testament saints who were were waiting for for Christ to die, and he uh, brought them to to heaven uh, into the presence of God. Um, yeah. So you know, those are some we don't give we don't have a you know exact a picture of what. Christ was doing, but those are a couple references. You don't know all the answers, Garrett? No, no. <laughs> what he was talking about is First <clears throat> Peter 3.19, so if you're listening and you want to go read First Peter chapter 3, it talks about, you know, the proclamation to the spirits, you know, um, you know, probably just proclaiming his victory mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. sin and death, you know, not necessarily proselytizing, you know, or, you know. Yeah, not for salvation. Not for salvation or anything like that, but just to, you know, proclaim his victory over over death that uh, death no longer has its sting and that um 
there's victory in the cross. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus didn't need to suffer more in hell. You know, some people think that he's suffered in hell. Um, but no, you know, his death and being forsaken and the full wrath and, and weight of God and the judgment of the cross and his death, you know, that's that was his full suffering. And so he didn't have to suffer more in hell. Okay. Let's um let's go to this now. Um did the disciples know that Christ was going to be resurrected? We know that there's uh like examples of Tom, like Thomas doubting that Christ has come back until mm-hmm. I stick my hands in the uh in his hands or finger in his hands. Yeah. Um so did the disciples know? Did Christ tell them I'm gonna be coming back from the dead? Well he told them, but yeah. he didn't, un- they didn't, they didn't understand, understand it. it. They didn't understand yeah. it. They didn't know what he was talking about. Which probably happened often, right? <laughs> right. With with him talking to them. Mm-hmm. They're probably like, What do you there comes fit they're fishermen, they're yeah, uh, you know, stonemakers and whatever the mm-hmm. different occupations they were. But yeah, I'm sure a lot and of again, stuff went yeah, over their heads. Yeah, they were expecting a, a king, a ruler to lead the, the nation of Israel or you know, a political leader, you know. So they had these ideas in their mind, too, that uh, this Messiah would be one to overthrow the government. And mm-hmm. the Jews didn't have the, the the concept of a Messiah who would die and be resurrected. They mm. did not have that concept in their, you know, kind of everyday teaching or mm-hmm. theology. You know, they believed in a, a final resurrection of, of the dead at, at some point, but they didn't see that their Messiah would be the one to die and then be be raised. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree with that. So yeah, so when Jesus came back, they didn't recognize him at first. You know, he he showed up to a couple with a couple of disciples, and um, he showed them through the scripture that everything uh, that he did was to fulfill Old Testament scripture, and that he had to die and would be res- resurrected. And so he he showed himself physically in, in the physical form after his resurrection to his disciples, uh, men, women, and over 500 people at one time mm-hmm. yeah, uh, showing himself. And so. so after he comes back, after he talks to the disciples, what was the next thing that happened after he was resurrected? What do you mean, what's the next thing? Like, like The ascension. Oh, yeah, the ascension comes uh, later on. Yeah, you like know? what, so he's at the, you know, he's, Comes back from the dead. He's resurrected. He talks to the disciples. He gives the, yeah. um, he gives the, he talks to them. And then what happens? Well, trying he, to, trying to ask ap- it without giving it all. Yeah, no, he appears, he appears multiple times to multiple people. There's a 40 day period of time, you know, from when he was resurrected to the ascension. And, you know, he, he meets with, or he shows himself to the disciples. He shows himself to the people walking on, you know, the road to Emmaus, he, um, the 500 people that, you know, Garrett's talking about, um, he goes and, um, continues to meet with people and see them and, and ultimately, you know, finds them on the side of, uh, you know, the Sea of Galilee and has breakfast with them. And so there's many things that Jesus does, you know, in that time. And, and then he says, you know, um, ultimately, you know, wait here until the Holy Spirit, you know, comes and uh, so that's kind of what the the they do um, they wait for him um, so they wait 10 days in Jerusalem and they wait for the Holy Spirit to come and you know then beginning of Acts we see the Holy Spirit move and we see the ascension and we see you know the the beginning of the church you know ultimately so there's a there's a timetable you know of kind of what happens um, he appears multiple times to multiple people 
you know, giving validity to the fact that he did resurrect from the dead, you know, that 500 people, you couldn't just write that, you mm-hmm. know, in, in the Bible and, and people not have something to say about that if it, if it didn't come true. That's how you really know that it's, mm-hmm. it's real because there was over 500 people at one time that witnessed the bodily resurrected Christ as he, as he walked around. Right. All right. Well, we do have Easter this weekend. We've got Good Friday on Friday night at 7 p.m. We're going to be here in the auditorium. Um, So come down for that. We're going to have, it'll be a really nice uh, setup. We're going to do things a little bit differently that night, but uh, really encourage you to come uh, observe that night with us, worship with us. Uh, and then this weekend, we have our normal service times, but it is Easter weekend, so we have uh, the, the big Easter services. So be there for that normal service time, so 5.30 on Saturday night, and then Sunday morning, 8.15, 9.30, and 11.15. Uh, John, what are the kids going to be doing this weekend? I know you're the you're the Yeah, we, we've got kids ministry for, for every age and uh, stage that they're in. So we've got littles all the way up, you know, preschool, um, babies, kindergarten, and we've got jam-packed for grades first through third. And then we've got uh, 456 for our fourth through sixth graders. They and register we, online for They these? register online, so springhills.org slash kids on campus. And then, you know, hey, make sure you bring your kids out for the egg hunt. Yes, you know, the, the egg, egg hunt hunt's also be the there. services. Guys, and... And there's going to be hot dogs. There's hot There's yes. hot dogs. So Easter Bunny coming. The Easter Bunny's coming. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. So I'd Yeah, don't miss out on up. it. We're excited. We get to do this last year. Obviously, we were doing this all on video. We recorded our, our services and then uh, did the streams during the those you times. You missed last year's times. Easter. Can they still watch it online, uh, last year's Easter? I'm, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure all of our old stuff's still up on YouTube. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Just go to the on-demand playlist. But I encourage you, YouTube. instead of doing that, come to oh, this yeah, year's Easter, sure. right? So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, anyways, we will be here. We're excited for it. Garrett, John, thank you guys for doing this. Um, yeah. Brett, sorry you missed out, man, wherever you're at right now. Uh, He's probably listening. preparing for his his uh, sermon, right? Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, we'll see you at Easter this weekend.